Well, everybody's heard about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. to the show that for the next couple of weeks we'll be covering beefy men slapping beef to see who is the beefiest in the land of pro wrestling Noah. Yes, this is the special sometimes food of a podcast known as Grown Men Record This Shit? Oh, no, watch this shit. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Woo! And, we're here! Uh, we're here! We're here, we're proud, we're queer, and we don't want any more bears. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What the fuck? I'm, I'm dropping things left and right. Uh, but on that note, let's introduce our, our third man in the booth uh, for the next couple of weeks. A uh, man who's become pretty much an expert on Japanese wrestling through the uh, life and times of, of COVID. Uh, my cousin... Ben, welcome to the show, Ben. Well, thank you for having me, fellas. Always Glad. good time. Good to hear from you, Benjamin. You too, Jeremy. Even though, like I said earlier, I can barely understand you Australian blokes. It's been too long. Those accents, they're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty exotic. Indeed. So how's things been down there? Are you guys... Uh, Surviving? How's uh, life in the COVID in Australia? I mean, well, I'm doing well, a lot better than Ben, frankly, yeah, being well, in Queensland. But Ben, I'll let you fill fill Jeremy and the world in on on your fun times down in Melbourne. Okay, so, so basically, the last eight weeks, all we've been able to do is go to work if you're allowed to work, leave your house maybe once or twice a day for no more than an hour for exercise. You, what else? Yeah, you really pretty much can't do anything. I basically am working at half my wage at the moment. Oh my god! Well, that's not good. It, it's 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 purely because I can't work any overtime. That's why it's mm. half my wage. Is my wage is pretty heavily dependent on overtime. Sure. So we're hoping on Sunday they're going to ease the restrictions and we actually can at least do something because it's been a long, long eight weeks of this stage four. But then besides, it hasn't been normal here in Melbourne for, I think, since March was the last time. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. I like how they actually say exercise, like an hour for exercise. Americans are like, an hour to do, you know, fuck all. Who, who knows? But they actually suggest exercise. Back when we had lockdown up here in Brisbane, we had the, the same thing where you're only allowed to leave your house for either like food gathering or exercise. So I had a really fun thing that I'd do where I'd go for like exercise walks, but I'd have like alcohol filled in my drink bottle. So yeah. It was just a nice hike while drinking. Yeah, it was like just a nice scenic river walk while consuming um, gin. It was a good time. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice way to nice way to spend your exercise. Yeah, Mult, yeah, definitely. Multitasking at its finest. Oh yeah, doing the doing uh, the Brian family name proud. I reckon. Your dad would have been very impressed. Mm, mm. <laughs> I'm impressed right now. I'm drinking a, a fine uh, red while we record this podcast as well. A Melbourne for those playing at home. 
currently I am enjoying a, uh, a absence of abstinence from the alcoholic beverages. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know how long. At least lasted a month. I don't know how long. No alcohol or energy drinks, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was cutting out sugar as well, but I had Frankenberry cereal the other day. If you guys are familiar with Frankenberry? No. No. So during uh, up here in the States, we they release these trio of cereals. There's one called Count Chocula, and there's Boo Booberry, oh. and then finally Frankenberry. Uh, there used to be another one, I guess, called Fruit Brute, but I never had that one. But uh, Frankenberry, delicious fruit-flavored cereal. Mm. Tasty, tasty. Interesting. Is it like just a variety of like dead berries that have been brought together to create a super berry that then has been electrocuted and brought back to life um, in yeah. an awful, awfully painful existence? And actually, I think it's technically Frankenberry cereal because the, the 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 scientist is Frankenberry, right? Mm, mm. Uh, frequently made uh, error. It's Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, Not, if you want to be pedantic yeah. and annoy people, uh, yeah. technically. Yeah. Did he ever That's get an actual monster. name? I think his name was Brett. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just envisioning Brett from Flight of the Concords as Frankenstein's exactly monster. It's pretty great. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. Ben, have you missed the complete and utter bullshit that we talk on this podcast? It, 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 has, been, uh, it has been missed. Hmm. It literally is like sitting and talking to your friends. So it's, I mean, if you like talking to your friends, you shouldn't mind talking to us. Hmm. Yeah. I was, I was talking to friends yeah. the other week about the, the podcast and the fact that we haven't done it in a long time. And they're like, I just missed the, the like, meandering start of the show, like that first, like, 25 <laughs> minutes where we just talk about fucking bullshit. And then he's like, yeah, I don't even listen to the wrestling. It's like, then you start talking about wrestling, and I'm just like, all right, end episode. So I really hope there are <laughs> other people out there like this that just listen to the start bit, and then it's like, ah, oh, wrestling. All right, fucking down. But, yeah, but that what I... Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, but that was makes a good podcast. It's all the stories of the lives of people who are doing the podcast. Indeed. That's the most enjoyment I listen to is about listening to all the stories they get up to before they end up talking about the crap that's on the podcast. Oh, 100%. Yeah. The only yeah, when I, when I thought about like... we were just going to list the names or we're going to run through two days worth of matches. Some people are going to find that dreadful. We'll try to make it enjoyable <laughs> as much as possible. But other people just want to hear us bullshit about how stupid we are and the fact that we travel to go see ridiculous shit. Yeah. Oh, it's God, like, yeah. um, like when I'd listen to my favorite murder, like I could give a fuck about like the actual murdering going on. I just want to hear them talk about their cat. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, oh God. But um, yeah, this is like an interesting thing. Thought like we've been we've been trying to think of like something that we could cover to like get this shit back on the road. It's been a little bit of a, a hot minute between episodes. I actually got a message from from Jeremy a couple of weeks or months back, and he was just like, "Is this podcast still alive?" <laughs> yeah, I was concerned. Yeah, I mean, valid. That's probably most of how our people that have listened uh, in the past were thinking the same thing. But no, we're just just having a little break. Like I said, it's cool. a special sometimes food of a podcast. Cool. In the last episode, we have our first and I believe uh, last so far sponsorship deal where we did our excellent commercial for, for ball shaving. And uh, yeah, then we went away. <laughs> 
I'm still like feel like that's that's the height of this podcast so far. The fact that it it got me like a free whole little kit and caboodle of ball shaving accessories. Hell yeah, man! <laughs> Did you give a review of the product as well? Uh, uh yeah, it my my balls were shorn nicely. Uh, I, I still use the device to keep them nice and trimmed up. Mine, they even give you like ball deodorant and stuff. It was pretty. Mm. Pretty snazzy. I'm gonna admit, like gross admission, I also use mine to shave my face. So like face oh, and balls. Oh. <laughs> I have a separate razor. That was a, I don't think you necessarily had to tell us that one. I didn't know that, that was, was like such a taboo to be honest. Like, you gotta I keep it to... close to your... <laughs> that, that is a hundred percent taboo. That is a no go. Really? You are a I like to think I keep my balls pretty clean. Like, if anything, my balls... Don't you think there's a reason why they created a separate razor just for nuts? (laughs) I didn't actually think of the reason why they introduced this pro... I just thought it was better in terms of not nicking yourself. I thought that was the key benefit here. I'm like, Um, I don't want to nick my face either. Why wouldn't I use the same for both? Speaking of that, I did get a little nick on my boys. It didn't hurt. I'll give it that. But I did get a little nick. Yeah, yeah. I know that feeling. And it's like, you're right. It doesn't really hurt. And then you're just like, oh, little little dab of, of blood on my nutsack. Okay. Yeah, my nuts got a little color. Yeah. <laughs> little, little blade ski job. <laughs> <laughs> Ball blade jobs. <laughs> Ball blade oh. jobs. Oh, God. I'm going to mute real quick because I'm going to do a dab. You guys chat. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, so we uh, in in the loo of of us wanting to come up with some sort of like content um, to to cover uh, mm-hmm. uh, to get this show back on the road. We're like, what are we gonna do? Um, it definitely is on the list. Like listeners, uh, it, it's it's chill. We are definitely gonna be covering this David Arquette documentary in the near future for all of our longtime uh, listeners that uh, fondly remember our. Um, what is David Arquette up to right now segment of the show. But yeah, so we'll definitely be back with a, a thorough review of um, You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, guys, it is a special time of the year. Fucking like every Japanese wrestling tournament has like come back and been happening at the same fucking time. <sighs> And the only person in the world who has time to watch all of these is Ben because he can't leave his house. <laughs> well, that's the, other, that's the other thing. It's like, because work, it's like not full on. I have time during the day at work to watch a few episodes, a few uh, matches. Oh, live in so the dream, how, Ben. So it's Very like, nice. I wouldn't admit that to work, but yeah, I get, I get it. I get a bit done during the day, so I'm being paid to watch wrestling, so I, I can't be disappointed. Well, let's Are you watching the G1 and podcast. the N1? And the, and the Champions Carnival, too. The Old Japan oh, one, man. yeah. Fucking maniac, right? I like. I wish that I could watch the amount of wrestling that, that Ben keeps up with. Like, don't know how you do it, dude. Oh, well, it's only because I literally can't do anything else. <laughs> but stay in my house. <laughs> only so many options. It's like, I can only train in my little home gym, my land room, so many times in a day. So it's like either gym, wrestling, Spend time with other ways, gym, wrestling, get a little bit of sunshine, gym, wrestling. <laughs> and yet you still but, haven't been able to, to coerce Eloise into watching any of this great wrestling yet. 
Uh, the closest I got is she was in the bed with me when I was watching the last couple of minutes of one of the matches. Yeah. But even then, she got out of phone and started looking at Facebook. So. <laughs> Would you say she's like particularly averse to it, or is it just kind of well, like she doesn't particularly well, like it? I reckon I got a chance if I could a live show. I reckon right. I got more of a chance because even at the moment she won't doesn't like watching the footy, but she'll she came to the games to watch the football. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's more the experience of something live. She's more more willing to uh, partake in. Okay. So so whenever that actually happens with uh, the way the world is these days. Maybe if they finally have one of those um, international assault tours come back around again, that would mm. be pretty great. I'm no, thinking that would be better than fucking MCW because they were like dog shit like last time we saw them. <laughs> they were pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were good points, but overall, oh, I thought it was no, yeah, no. But like, you, one of your matches was definitely worth seeing, hmm. but to get to that one match, you had to put up with some crap. I mean, that that is pretty much Australian wrestling in a nutshell, hey? Yeah, yeah. You take the you take the good with the horrendous. Yes, agreed. Um, but uh, back to. Uh, my my long-winded point, but of all of these Japanese wrestling tournaments that are going on at the moment, we have chosen uh, what is my long-time favourite wrestling promotion, what I think has maybe become Ben's favourite as well, uh, Pro Wrestling Noah's N1 Victory Tournament. Would that be safe to say, Ben? Yeah, I reckon reckon from what I've seen, it's definitely overtaking New Japan for me at the moment. Yeah. And I've for a long time said Noah's got a far better in-ring quality mm. product than yeah. New Japan, yeah. but New Japan's just the one everyone mm. talks about. It's easier, more mm. accessible, you know, the rest of it. Mm. But I was actually no. thinking to myself that uh, as a comparison point, New Japan is kind of like the WWE, and while Noah is like the WCW, the more wrestling-oriented, they're not super over-the-top gimmicky mm-hmm. presentation. It's just, you know, here's straight up some wrestling you know what I mean? I'd say that's a pretty darn good analogy, to be yeah. honest. I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I thought it'd be good for us to all jump in. I thought it'd be great as well for, for Jeremy to be able to dip dip those toes in a little something different. Um, I know you've watched a little bit of Noah that I've sent you here or there, but not like any full shows. So I'm really interested, like in addition to really, like, nerding out with Ben on this bullshit, but, like, to hear your kind of, you know, perspective as, as like, a, a set of fresh eyeballs, you know? For sure, yeah. Like, uh, going through the show, well, the two shows that we watched, I literally only knew two guys' names beforehand. Who were That they? was Go and then Marafuji. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And the rest were all just lovely little happy surprises. Yep. Uh, in fact, I actually... Uh, gave a brief description of what I've described the individuals as during each match. So I will pepper in these as we go about. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So yeah, guys, we, uh, we're basically having the lofty goal here of covering the entire fucking tournament. So <laughs> we'll see how we go. That is what we're going for here. Um, now we... give me, give me a brief idea of what I've agreed to here. Cause I actually only, I didn't see how many shows, how many shows are we yeah, talking it's about? It's not here? too bad. There's like eight shows. Is that right, Ben? Oh, okay. We can handle that. But the problem is how to get, cause the shows aren't all on Wrestle Universe. Hmm. So that's, that's the more it's, there's not as many shows, so it's good, but yeah. finding them is, can be annoying. Like the third show is on a Beamer. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how long before it actually is in Wrestle Universe. So you have to watch it using your Beamer TV app. And was it on the DDT, you... the third show? No, that's what What's we're that? saying. So Wrestle yeah. Universe is like the DDT streaming universe, streaming service. Oh, okay. Um, and then some shows are on this thing called a Beamer, which is like the the parent company of of Noah and DDT. Um, what's it called? Cyber Agent. They they have this like streaming service called a Beamer TV. Um, so they're on there, and Ben was telling me once they air they're on there for like seven days before you have to pay for them to watch them. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, that's basically how it works. You get get that seven days. So we've got a grace period here, but that means we really need to uh, get on to shows, what is it, three and four that are on a Beamer? No, it's three's on a Beamer, but four's on Wrestle Universe, I believe. Cool. So we just need to make sure we hit three within the next, like, five days, I guess. yeah, five days. So we've, we've already watched shows one and two, so that's what we were excited to be discussing mm. today. Um, I just wanted to make a comment on the company name, Cyber Agent. Like, what the hell? It's like a, a movie cyberpunk hacker group or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I love. These, like, hot, hot like, fresh eyeball tech, because I've never actually, like, really thought about it. But, yeah, that does Cyber sound pretty agent. whack. <laughs> we're owned by Cyber Agent. Cyber agent. I think they're like an internet security group. Yeah, that's Ooh. what I kind of assumed, but it sounds like more nefarious. <laughs> Cyber agent. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted. We'll share uh, links as we can. For those of you playing at home, if you would like to, to watch along, um, the first show on Wrestle Universe is actually free. We will have um, shared that show on the Grown Men uh, Watch This Shit official Twitter at uh, Grown Men Pod. Um, and then as we go forward, we'll, we'll share the link where all of the actual other links are. Um, but I mean, yeah, if in doubt, some of this Abima stuff will probably end up on um, YouTube from uh, Real Heroes' new uh, account as well that uh, Ben and I have been on top of for some of mm. the other recent Noah shows. Um, uh, the other ones that can be tricky are the ones that air on G+, which is like a Japanese cable like sporting network. Um, those ones, yeah, probably just end up watching them on uh, on the Real Heroes YouTube <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll see how we go. But yeah, first two shows. Uh, we had one, the first show in Nagoya, uh, and then the second show in Gunma. Uh, both of those places, Ben and I have actually been. Is that right, Ben? Well, I knew I knew we'd definitely been to the first one. I didn't know we'd been to the second one. I think Gunma was like the greater like prefecture or whatever you call it of the place where we went to that like onsen. The, like outdoor onsen. Oh yeah, yep, yep. I think Ooh, that place was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So it has that sort of like country town vibe. Mm. Which, yeah, but I think the different feel and atmosphere of each of the shows is going to be something to, to look forward to as well. Um, but so yeah, first first thoughts, Jeremy, going into night one and two. Mm. Uh, were you a bit nervous going into this of just like a whole fucking bunch of real gritty wrestling that you had no idea what you were getting yourself in for or were you excited for a new adventure or what? Oh, definitely a mix of both because I 
was a little bit apprehensive of jumping into an entire show where I literally knew nobody Not except even a for show, the entire fucking eight day tournament. Yeah, entire turn. <laughs> well, I knew over time. I've you know I of course I'd adopt some favorites, but uh, hmm. yeah, I, I, definitely a little daunting, a little intimidating. But hey, I hadn't spoken to you guys in a while, and I typically only watch American wrestling, so it's always nice to watch something a little bit different. And man. Noah or Japanese wrestling in general, it's just a different cup of tea entirely. Yeah. If you're watching American wrestling all the time, you, you owe it to yourself to take a little time to see some of this stiff shit because that's what wrestling is. It's That's what the presentation most fans are complaining about they want to see and they're not getting, and it's out there. You can just go find it. Yeah, exactly. You just got to go a little bit outside of your, your comfort zone to, to find it. But yeah, I thought it was really funny, the... Um, first show when i was doing some catch-ups to sort of get in the noah zone before this tournament i was just like having a fucking watch so much and so amy was like there for for some of it and uh like her her takes on it because like not having watched much wrestling at all she'd seen uh some some aew when i was watching it with the guys but she'd never seen japanese wrestling before so this was sort of her first kind of um introduction to it and yeah immediately she was just like I like this Japanese stuff so much better. It's not like so over-the-top bullshit melodrama mm. as like the American shit. I was like, whew, I like that. <laughs> but at the same time, that's uh, the major reason why I love American wrestling, because of all that bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm one of those rare people that generally do appreciate all the styles because I just like wrestling in general. But I love corny, over-the-top bullshit, man. I, that's one of the major reasons I originally was attracted to wrestling. I like it when it's done well. I don't like it yeah. when it's done poorly. Oh, say I, that. I'm the one who's like, oh, look how terrible this is. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> like Retribution. Like they're, You saw their masks. Like, oh, my God, they look awful. This is awesome. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, her other hot take uh, was she just thought that um, Katsuhiko Nakajima, just a really fucking attractive Japanese man. She was like, I just, yeah, that's that's like husband material right there. She particularly thought his butt was nice. Um, and then Which one she was, was he? You have to tell me when, when we get to his match. Yeah, then his, his kicks as well. Quite impressive. Uh, but Ooh, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get to that. But let's, let's get this show on the road, okay? Mm. So first show... Noah N1 victory. Oh, hang on. Before we go into the first show, Ben, this will be great in your wheelhouse. What are our key things that, uh, that we should have in mind for our listeners going into this tournament? Key storylines, key feuds. You've basically been watching Ooh. Noah since like fucking February of this year, like almost every mm. show, which again, fucking, I, I don't know how you did it, but impressive as shit i've been trying to keep up with it as much as i can but there's definitely been some gaps in there that i'm going to try to go back to watch with those key moments but you've pretty much watched the whole hog so what are our essential things to be keeping in mind going into this tournament here well the major storyline is the the go nakajima breakup attack season nakajima joining congo Mm mm-hmm that's so a, for our listeners major. at home, uh, Go Shiyazaki and Katsuhiko Nakajima have been like best buddies for the longest time. Just what, two of the years, real faces of pro wrestling Noah, I would say. And um, they're, they're called Axis because they're basically the Axis of Noah. 
uh, as it was sort of explained to me. Uh, so just such a long time history. They've been tag team champions before. Uh, they have great matching jackets with like fantastic like furry like feather bits and shit um and they have a cool like tag team pose mm. great tag team combo maneuvers and then uh it was it wasn't but a few shows ago where <laughs> nakajima shockingly uh as the the judas that he has become turned his back on go shiazaki I mean, what what are you thinking for the motivations here, Ben? What was the reason for this devious turn? Well, the way I see it is he wanted to prove that he could maybe he just didn't need go anymore. He could mm-hmm. do it by himself. I but mean, then, in a way, he's been in Go's shadow for a long time because Go Shiozaki, yeah. since like January, has been the GHC champion, anyway. heavyweight champion. Um, while Nakajima's kind of like been in his shadow in the tag team. Yeah. Um, I mean, Nakajima did win the national title, which kind of brought him up to that same level. But then he lost that a few shows ago to Kano, uh, the leader of Congo. And uh, then we we finally had the split. So I guess, do you think there was some jealousy going on there? It it sort of, it seemed like jealousy was like, this is my time. I don't need you anymore. I'm good enough. I can do it by myself. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, he joins Congo, so it gives a little bit of a twist in it. Yeah, like he joins the man who defeated him for like his, his national title. Took his belt off him like like three or four shows previous uh, before. It's like, okay. But the, the best one is the first interaction when he's first matched with Congo. It's like, he's a member, but is he really a member? Because they all have this, like, cool little team pose they all do the same exact thing same exact position each match they're in each member has their own little position and pose and then him he comes in in this cool fucking jacket covered the head and just sits in the corner up on the ring apron <laughs> just that lone wolf type guy so it's like like a lone wolf silent yeah. assassin sitting up there on his turnbuckle <laughs> while the rest of them are all in their, their, their team pose. Yeah, mm. it's like there's definitely a degree of separation. And mm. I was saying to you the other day, I'm like, I'm kind of just waiting for like Nakajima to like take his moment to kind of tr- be destroying Congo from the inside kind of thing. I don't know. That's the way I sort of see it. It's like he's using using them to, to his own means to get what he wants that title, that shot at go. Mm-hmm. And also maybe bring them down at the same time because he doesn't really care. He's just using them to yeah. get what he needs. And what I was saying is what makes it really interesting is that Keno, the leader of Congo, he definitely knows what's up. Like mm. he, he knows exactly what Nakajima's thing is, but he's sort of like given him enough uh, enough rope to strangle himself with, that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting to keep an eye on this kind of team dynamic. We've seen a couple of team matches now with uh, Nakajima t- uh, tagging with Congo. And, yeah, the dynamic's definitely uh, something interesting and also the, the big brewing feud between yeah. um, Nakajima and his, his former tag team partner in Go Shiozaki. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's probably the key thing. Uh, Anything else uh, that that you think is important for the listeners playing at home? That's really the main one that I can think of. Besides, there's nothing nothing too big else has sort of happened storyline-wise. It's 
I mean, the other thing that we saw in the actual match where Axis split up was they were in a tag title match mm. to crown the new tag team champions. The yes, former true. tag team champions of El Ijo Del, Dr. Wagner Jr. and Rene Dupree. Yes, Jeremy, Rene Dupree. <laughs> Rene <laughs> fucking Dupree up. was GHC tag team champion. Was Fifi uh, there? Fifi was not there, sadly. Um, but yeah, so we had a, a tag team title match to crown the new champions because uh, Dupree and, and Wagner couldn't make it into the country, and that was mm. between Axis and uh, Kazushi Sakuraba. Yes, uh, Pride FC fucking legend Kazushi Sakuraba um, and uh, Segura. Uh, so basically, uh, Segura Gun is the greater team, but these are probably the two top dogs, but. Uh, this was really cool to me as a longtime Sakuraba fan uh, because, I mean, he had a run in, in New Japan. He's had a bit of a run in Noah, but he's really kind of – you could tell he's been incredibly fucking beaten up over the years and he didn't have that much left. But over these last few months, he's really kind of been been amping it up and taking some big bumps. Been like It looks like he's really motivated, which I'm loving. And then this resulted in him for the first time in his entire, like, to me – easy like hall of fame career he actually won a, a championship in that that tag title with segura so i think that's a, a pretty uh, important thing to keep an eye on at least insofar as as watching segura um watching sakuraba uh develop and his contributions throughout the tournament and also i think is it on the cards been in the same block are we going to get a segura versus sakuraba match I'm actually not sure on the blocks, to be honest, because they do the they don't really do split shows. It, is it just like split. a round robin? No, there's the two blocks, block A and B, but okay. um, they have sporadic matches. Like it's not just all block B on one show. From what I could tell, it's a bit of both. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll look into this, fans. Mm. You rest assured, we'll have the essential info for you. But that's pretty much <laughs> all the essential shit going into this. Um. So going into it, we've, we've got night one in Nagoya. Uh, this was on the 18th of September. And our um, first, one, first match of the card was a, a sixth. Well, we first had the beautiful ceremony, which I always love of these, um, these tournaments where everyone just comes out for the cordial uh, introduction and they'll do the pose in the ring for the photos. Yeah, I, I love that. Oh, that is it was really nice. I do like the way they do that. They play the music and everything. Uh, when I was watching it, Amy did like mention she was like, "Why are they dressed so casually?" I'm just like, it's... <laughs> they're pro wrestlers. Yeah, like this is just the the ceremony. They they got their you know workout um, get ups on and shit. They'll they'll be dressed in their official attire later on. Rest assured, it's okay. Um, but then we, we went into, like, a six-man tag team match, which is probably a pretty auspicious match for you to start this tournament with, honestly, Jeremony. I mean, Jeremy. Ooh, ooh I like that. Jeremony. Jeremony. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a ceremony, but for Jeremy. Yeah, so we have yeah, Akatoshi I, Saito. I called, uh, hey, Sorry. before you start, I, I called it, I, I didn't know their names, I mm. did old guys versus young dudes and a cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> So 
Yone, Muhammad Yone with his beautiful uh, disco attire and fantastic afro is the cultural appropriation. I might be saying that, yeah. <laughs> okay, duly noted. Just so uh, officially, official declaration. This podcast I'm, is woke as fuck. I'm, I'm very okay with Yone's cultural appropriation. I feel like it's oh, done I know, in I a loving bad way. <laughs> He's all about that funk life. Um, but anyway, we've got the old guys, as Jeremy put it, with Akatoshi Saido, Masao Noe, and uh, Masashi Oyaji versus uh, young boy Kinya Okada, Muhammad Yone, and Shuhei Tanaguchi. Uh, so, yeah, interesting match to, to start this whole kit and caboodle off. Um, Amy shared your sentiment, Jeremy, as well. She was very impressed by Oyaji. She's like, he's really fucking old. But then he like kicked, and she's like, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, I, was, can still... I was kind of like nervous, like, what are these old guys gonna do? And yeah, the old guy still kicks a fair amount of ass, especially Saido. <laughs> I love Saido so much. Uh, there's a bit in the match, I don't forget who did it, but one guy kept uh, body slamming everybody on top of everybody else. <laughs> oh, that was Tanaguchi, yeah. And then he picked up the uh, then he picked up the original guy that he was body slamming and like chased the other guys out of the ring by holding his body up at him. I was like, that's hilarious and awesome. I loved how like how softly and like gently he body slammed old man Oyaji. Yeah, and it all nice. started because they like all the uh, guys attacked the, the legal man in the ring, and all that fracas happened. It was, it cracked me up. Actually, it was a lot of fun to open the show with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Any thoughts, Ben? No, no, no on this one. <laughs> this was you just like a that bit nice of a opening match. Suplex? Opening match. <laughs> Jeremy covered. It was a uh, quite fun. Hmm. Yeah, that was a. Uh, Basically, my take from watching the the uh, I can never get those two their names the two old guys. Uh, Inoue or Saito. Saito. I just always enjoy watching them. Always doing the little underhanded, the little poke in the eyes. It's just oh, that's Inoue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Inoue is like a great comedy guy. Yeah. I, I have a note here. There was a nice stalling suplex by the old guy with the hideous back tattoo. Oh, Akatoshi Saito. <laughs> Are you telling me you're not a fan of, of tasteful tribal back tattoos, Jeremy? I'm not saying that at all. Why would I? I'm just making the one comment about this particular tattoo. <laughs> Saito, actually, as much as we almost are dismissing him as like an old guy at this point, had a fantastic, from what I hear, I haven't seen it myself, but I heard good things from Ben, uh, GHC title challenge against Go Shiyazaki a couple of months ago. He did it, was it the anniversary, wasn't it, for uh, Marcel? Yeah, 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 I think so. I had the old, whole a written um, thing to get the, the title challenge to, and that, like the piece of paper with the request for the title. Oh, I love title that. Title. The so official declaration. Quite class, yeah. Yeah, little classy act. Uh, I, and it was a great match. I really enjoyed it. I didn't actually think he had that much left in the tank till I sort of like, damn, the guy still can go a bit. He can pull it out. And that's what I love about a lot of these old guys. Like, day to day, you watch them and you're just like, oh, yeah, they're kind of taking it easy. But they're saving it mm. up to, like, really just let it all hang out in the big matches. I think, like, New Japan, like a guy like, um, like, um, 
uh, Kojima, I think is a great comparison, or like uh, right. Yuji Nagata, like that kind of guy who's like definitely in the dad generation. But these dads can go when they need to, you know. I'd say Saito is kind of like that. So yeah, I thought this was a really fun, fun opener. Um, but then we get serious, and then we have our first N one victory twenty twenty B block match. Uh, Takashi Sugura, uh, my boy, Big Daddy Sugs versus Yoshiki Inamura, uh, who I just... had uh, Mohawk guy versus you two enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you two enthusiasts, Segura with his like one of my favorite theme music's of all time. Uh the the U2 right. easily my yeah, favorite U2 song of all time with BB King, uh when love comes to town. Yeah, when it started playing like is that fucking Bono? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Inamura with his beautiful mohawk, just his Big boy, beefy energy. I'm all about Inamura. He's become one mm. of my favorites to watch, hey? No, he's really enjoyable to watch. Loving the, the, the running sumo pushes he does. Mm-hmm. And the, that running Superman he does off the ropes. Oh, Always. so good. I was um I was yeah. actually watching a bunch of Noah to get caught up mm. with, uh, with, with Davis, Junkzilla himself, mm. the other day. And mm. Inamura was, like, easily his favorite discovery of, like, all of these Noah guys. He was just like, I fucking love this dude. Mm. And, like, his, his big um, shoulder block off the top row. It's one of the Ooh, most yeah. beautiful moves you'll ever see from a big dude. Mm. Yeah, he was impressive. But I did, the one thing that kind of I thought was funny is his singlet, apparently he had issues with it because he kept on trying to recover up his nipples. Did you guys notice oh, this? He, he does kept that. adjusting his yeah. singlet to cover his nips. That's <laughs> It's every single match he does it. Yeah, I was like, just get a new singlet, bro. Like, but he was fucking tough as hell. And then uh, the other guy, what, what was his name? Segura, Big Daddy Sugs. Oh my Big gosh, what a badass motherfucker! That, mm-hmm. This was the first match where I was like, all right, I'm in. This is this is gonna be bad. <laughs> his his moniker is the Killing Machine, which I feel like he lives up to pretty well. Oh god, yeah, with those big running boots he does them in the corner. On those yeah, fucking forearms of death when they're in the corner, Ooh. and like the referee tries to pull him away, and he'll just like keep going them. Yeah, the one where he does, he does the combo where he does the running boot and the running knee, then gets him up with the stalling suplex from the top row. Mm-hmm. Fucking, it's just a nice, brutal combo. Just so how strong he is. The yeah. man is a beast. Oh, they I'm were like, doing the, like a smash chop exchange, and the one guy's like, Ooh. bring it, and the guy did, and he like knocked him out. It's like, yeah, don't ask a guy to bring it and not be able to stand up when he knocks on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but he has definitely got into deep water here. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, I've been a big fan of Segura for a long time um, since I like first saw him. And I was like, huh, this guy does like the Olympic slam as his like, finish. But he does it like way more badass than Kurt Angle ever did. And he just drops motherfuckers <laughs> on their head. <laughs> Love it. He also does, like, the ankle lock. Um, but, yeah, like, a funny thing about him is he didn't, like, start wrestling till like, he was 30, like, pro wrestling. Okay. Um, so, in terms of age, he's, like, how old has he been? Like, 49, 50, 50 that kind of age? 50. Which is fucking yeah. ridiculous in terms of the shape that he's in and, like, the way he wrestles. He looks amazing. But the way he explains it is because he, like, didn't start wrestling till like he was 30 
he like automatically just takes like 10 years off of his age. So he's basically <laughs> like 40 now in wrestling years, which I love. Yeah. You remind me of uh, Tanaka if we're talking about the right guy. Oh, yeah. Well, funnily yeah. enough, him and um, Masato Tanaka used to be a fantastic tag team known as the Dangan Yankees. So there you go. I wasn't too off base. Yeah. That's the money. I actually really love the finish of this match. It was like just an easy like front face lock spot where he's like, but the the big guy tried like everything to fucking get him off and mm -hmm. he just couldn't. And that's the end of the match. Mm. That was really rad. Yeah. That's something that Segura has been using more, more recently of late as a finish. Is that right to say, Ben? I've, I've definitely seen him implemented in a few matches quite a lot recently, which has been, I like it. Yeah. It's a nice yanking down on the neck. It's just, it's nice. Yeah, it's like cool. um, Junakiyama used to do his, like, King Crab, um, like, uh, guillotine, basically. Kind of reminds me a bit bit of that. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this, and I thought this was a really appropriate official introduction for the, the N1 Victory Tournament here. So good stuff yeah. in this one. Two beefy boys slapping beef. Uh, then we, we get into the, the second N1 victory official match from Block A. We got Masaki Mochizuki uh, of uh, Dragon Gate fame uh, versus Kaito Kiyomiya, the uh, Noah ace uh, of the, the mm. last couple of years and longtime yeah. GHC champion. I've got, uh, we've got guy who can't see from under his hood versus Feather Boy. <laughs> I love these. Please keep these coming. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why are you going to wear your hood like that and walk with your finger to keep yourself so you can see and not trip over your own fucking feet? <laughs> the old um, AJ Styles hood dilemma. Hell yes, sir. Mm -hmm. I like it. Uh, I actually boy. thought that guy wrestled a lot of like AJ Styles. of like, hey, is this Asian Styles? Hey, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Featherboy um, was another one Feather that really piqued um, Amy's interest up from her phone when I was watching this show. And she was just like, that is the most beautiful pro wrestling jacket. Like, she was so impressed by Kaito <laughs> yeah, Kiyomiya's awesome. jacket. As we all should be. Mm. Beautiful stuff. Uh, so what were, what were our thoughts on this match? Masaki Mochizuki, veteran, been doing it since 1993, if you read his gear. Um, yeah, and his butt. Kicks and uh, Kaito, young, beautiful man uh, who is just the ace of the promotion, who's actually been on a little bit of a downturn lately. Ben and I were talking mm. about maybe he's got like a redemption kind of story in the works. He actually had a big singles match a couple of like a month ago against um, Keiji Muto, uh, where Muto actually beat him, which I think Ben and I were both pretty surprised is a bit of an upset. Yeah, I definitely did not see that one coming. Yeah. So Kaito's got something to prove in this tournament mm. is basically what I'm trying to say. Mm. I thought this match was super rad. Uh, really impressed by a bunch of stuff. I took some notes on some things here. Uh, I forget who did it, but there was like a series like three moves where the guy was basically using the ropes and the apron against the guy. Do you guys remember the spot I'm talking about? Yeah, we're, like, working on um, the knee of um, Yeah, there you go. Like, yeah, exactly. Like three different moves in a row. And mm. It was just a great sequence. And then uh, the one guy did the tiger suplex and the other guy kicked out by 
arching his legs back and kicking him in the stomach to break yeah. the pinfall. That yeah. was fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, I love that one. It was um, Moku Ziku kicking out of um, Kaito's suplex. It yeah, and then beautiful. the one guy had a headlock. And the guy was trying to break it, and he fucking Sayedo suplexed him, and the guy did not let go. I was like, okay, that's a fucking dope spot. That's one of my favorite spots, like, in pro wrestling, where the guy has that fucking headlock on, and the other dude does everything he can to get out of it, but he just holds that motherfucker on. Like, I remember there was, like, a Danielson match from, like, years and years ago in ROH. It was just, like, a classic match where he held this fucking headlock on for, like, I want to say 20 minutes. And it was just so good, but yeah, I love that kind of kind of storytelling of really getting the most out of like stuff as as simple as a as a headlock. I thought that was great. They actually really used like rope breaks to their advantage during this match too, which hmm. told a lot of great story as well. Yeah, and this was Especially a long form match. I mean, for those playing at home, uh, this to me pretty shocking. Uh, booking here for your your second N one victory match, your first show, and you're gonna do a thirty minute draw. That's <laughs> ballsy shit. I uh, like it. No, definitely. Um, I I really got into this, uh, but mm. it was like interesting. Like the the crowd was like very quiet, like both respectful, mm. but also like mm. kind of quiet. I think because of like the sparseness of the crowd with like mm. the um. You know, COVID yeah, restrictions separating. Spicing. Yeah, it was almost even like a creepy ambiance and nobody really w- was doing much. But I still enjoyed this one. Yeah, it yeah. kind of added like a, an element to it because definitely like actually hearing Mochizuki's kicks and like the oh. fact that there was like no commentary as well. Like I just like would turn the volume up really loud. So it's almost like the same volume as if you were like sitting there in the front row. And I just thought it was cool as shit, like, just getting to hear, like, the actual, like, noise of all of these strikes. And, like, in Noah, guys, they, 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 we don't hold back here. Like, oh, dudes God, are going to no. lay shit in. And you want to hear it in all of its beauty. Uh, especially with Mochiziku, he just, those kicks are just friggin' stiff, brutal, and there to hurt. Yeah. And I enjoy every single one I see. He's so great, and he's been so great for a long time, but I feel like he's got that that Dragon Gate thing where he's doing all this great shit in Dragon Gate, but because it's Dragon Gate, it's almost like it's off on its island where people don't talk about it as much as they should. Um, Mm. You know, similar to, like, Ben, you you and I were talking about Shingo in this light. You know, everyone's finally clocking on to how great Shingo is, but he's been fucking amazing for, like, the last, what, decade? At least, yeah, he's... Fuck, at the top of the game at the moment. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm loving seeing Mochizuki in a Noah setting. I don't know whether he's mm. done with Dragon Gate or what, but yeah, he's he's just a delight to watch in these kind of matches, especially this mm. one. So this this one went for a while. Yeah. There's definitely a time where I was getting a little bit on the sleepy side because I think I was watching it quite late at night. Did you guys kind of dip it all in this one? No, not through this show. Actually, I was totally engaged. It was the second show. Yeah. Toward the end, where I started getting sleepy. Okay. Okay. I was I was pretty good too in this show. I, not kept my attention. It was just worth every minute of it. Hey, that that's saying something for a thirty-minute draw. I think that's a testament to this mm. match, frankly. Mm. 
Um, then we get into a, a non-N1 victory match to, to break it up. We've got a tag team encounter here. We've got Atsushi Katoge and Marafuji against the Segura-gun team of Kaz Hayashi. Yes, Kaz Hayashi of WCW Young <laughs> uh, Dragons fame and uh, Nosawa Rongai, uh, who, for those playing at home... Uh, reputedly the current booker of Noah. I was uh, too excited and I didn't hear his name, but it looked like Kaz Hayashi. So I just wrote Kaz Hayashi. <laughs> I was fucking jacked. <laughs> Kaz was awful. Yeah. His feud with Glacier when he stole Glacier's armor. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I was a big fan of Kaz Hayashi in WCW and then on into old Japan in the early two thousands. A long time ago, and he's kind of like thick, and he's almost like he's almost like baby Muda, yeah, almost I was, in a way. I was legit just about to say that, like from the old Japan days, he would like tag with with Muda uh, for a lot, and I, I think Muda was like a big inspiration for him, to where he like the the little subtle ways that he moves at this point are like uh like Muda if he could still kind of like have a, a bit have of athleticism left. <laughs> If he didn't have a knee replacement, I think just last month again. Yeah. But yeah, I've been really loving watching um, Kaz Hayashi in this uh, sort of like this is he's only debuted for Noah really like a couple months ago, and like prior to that, spent like his entire career in um, all Japan pretty much, and then Wrestle One, right, Ben? Yeah, and wasn't he a trainer at the WWE? Was that another guy they brought across? No, that was... Um, that, was uh, that was the other one. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's also in um, Segura Gun. Segura Gun. He wears the mask. Yeah, yeah. He was. He won that like ROH weird New Japan Young Lions tournament in like 2003 in Asbury Park that all the ROH fans shit on. <laughs> we'll remember him at some point. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sure you will, Chris. <laughs> Thoughts on the match? Uh, I, I enjoyed this one again. I was, was stoked to see Marafuji because he's one guy that all of his his clips always stand out in every match I've seen him in. He's always a standout. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I was so stoked to see Kaz. I was just all in, engaged. Yeah. Do you remember Nosawa and the sequence from with like Kaz PWG, and... Jeremy? Who? Nosawa? Oh, yeah. I do. The guy with the crazy face makeup? Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> yeah. was like really OG PWG for a few shows there, I remember. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite parts was like there was a sequence when there was just Kaz and Marafuji in the ring, which was a lot of fun. But uh, Marafuji literally kicked Kaz directly in the face, like not a not a work kick. He just kicked him right in the teeth. It was pretty rad. <laughs> <laughs> Always love to see that. And there was another bit where the one guy was just like running all of the ropes and doing all this offense. Uh, I, tell which you. guy was that? Yeah, that was fucking cool. Yeah. What are your thoughts yeah. on um, Katoge, Ben? He really annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Was he the I, one that had the motorcycle handlebars? Yeah. The one with the motorcycle handlebars. But it's yeah. it's more... I'm not, I'm not a fan of his finish. I just don't like the unprettier. Uh, I, I, just, I just don't like watching it. I just like... No. I'm with I you on that. I can't respect if you use it. The unprettier, thought, shittest fucking move. I just want to put it out there. It's like, it doesn't even, 
just so many things wrong with it. But I did yeah. like how it came out with the handlebars. It was quite funny. And no one would actually them. allow themselves to be put into the unprettier. Like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to let you do this to me. Yeah. And then there's somebody like, out there who does, like, a spinning one where they have the unprettier and then they, they do a total spin and then land the guy on the head. Like, all right, that's even more absurd. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Not a fan of that move. Mm. But um, this was a fun match, uh, notwithstanding oh. the unprettier. Uh, Katoge mm. has have a love-hate relationship with him. He had like a really great junior tag team for like a long time with um, Daisuke Harada. Um, and they're both so good. And now um, that Harada has sort of gone on to his singles thing, um, Katoge has been tagging more recently with uh, Hajime Ohara, who was actually Keno's famous junior tag team partner. So they're kind of like two odd partners out who are now tagging together with one another. Uh, sometimes I love Katoge, but he's definitely the kind of guy where it's like you can sometimes see him, he's just trying to like pop himself, if that kind of makes sense. So, um, you don't give any after this. I'm assuming. Sorry, you're cutting out there a little bit, Ben. What were you saying? You don't want me to give any spoilers that something may have happened in a storyline in a couple of matches or a couple of shows? Uh, just don't spoil anything that's like night two onwards. Okay. Then. That's exactly what he was asking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, should I spoil something that's happening in the next show? And you're like, yeah, or just don't spoil anything that's happening in the next show. <laughs> <laughs> any, anything like... Not see something, three, something may be happening with a, a couple of these guys in this show, in this match, from this match. Well, that's excitingly vague. Mm. So <laughs> just, just look out. Yeah, you, you might be intrigued. All right, all right. I'll keep my eyes peeled. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, any anything else for this particular match? I just oh, want to repeat those motorcycle handlebars were ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what the story of those is, but that just sort of like continues it's, my um, thing. Well, it's, of... it's, it's that whole full, full throttle thing, how he's a member of full throttle. They normally just do the rev with their hands. This is the oh. first time I've actually seen him bring out the handlebars. Ooh, this is good. This is the info mm. that I feel like mm. people are going to be tuning into mm. this podcast for. Mm. I didn't even connect those oh. dots. But yeah, that tag team oh. that I just mentioned of him and O'Hara mm. is called Full Throttle. So why wouldn't he come out with motorcycle and uh, handlebars? Yeah. Great. Just, All right, I'm sorry. He's just, just up and up and going up a gear from just the, the hand to the whole next thing something the motorbike. Yeah, that'll be something. <laughs> it just comes out on a big fucking hog. Yeah. Well, didn't the Undertaker do it back in the day? I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, like, come out rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> Well, let's hope, it's, let's hope it's more American badass more so than that time that, like, Hulk Hogan tried to ride his bike and he, like, just couldn't get it started. And it uh, was the most awkward moment in, in the of the year, I would say. Remember when Chuck Palumbo started riding the motorcycle? Oh, I forgot all about that. But, yes, yeah, brief the biker era Chuck Palumbo. I was all in with Chuck Palumbo, by the way. I was. Such I was a really Chuck hoping Palumbo he was going to be. Yeah, I was. I had high hopes for him, but then they put him in Billy and Chuck. No, oh, I um, I loved like just that whole natural born thrillers like faction in WCW. 
just like all these young dudes that are just like insanely like talented, like him and Sean O'Hare and Mark Jindrak. Oh, gonna get now, really distracted. People here, who listen but... to the show frequently are like, now they're gonna get to the part where Jeremy and Chris suck the dick of the natural born thrillers for <laughs> 30 minutes. Because <laughs> I fucking Mike love Sanders that group. Love. Yeah. <laughs> all right, oh, back to the show. Back to the show. Um, so. Next match, N1 victory. We're back into the tournament. Block A match with Goshi Izaki versus Manabu Soya. Now, this what one names I have, you have for this, Jeremy? Go, because I know his name, versus <laughs> Big Red. <laughs> <laughs> Big Red. Love it. <laughs> Uh, Manabu Sawyer, a uh, recent addition to the Keno's Congo faction, uh, hence the the red uh, motif. Um, but yeah, he's just all of that like big beefy hoss boy kind of thing that that I want to see in this kind of tournament. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this match was that. Like what I'm talking about, like. Beefy boys chopping beef. That is fucking this match right there. I was all about this. What did you guys think? Go ahead, man. Uh, definitely. It's like it was just two big boys going at it. Just enjoyed that little chop off to begin with, a little teaser. Then uh, go finish off with those nice karate chops to uh, Sawyer's, Sawyer's neck. Mm-hmm. Just always good scene. Two big boys going at it. Yeah. I love how much, like, of such a loving Kabashi tribute act that Go mm. is at this point, but just in the mm. best way. Nice. I was a um, big fan of this match. I, the big red guy, what was his name? Soya. He was a total beast. Uh, loved him no-selling those Germans at the end. And mm-hmm. it's Go, like, I know he's been wrestling for a while, but, like, it's almost like he seems like he can barely walk already. Is his knee all jacked up? Well, he has been GHC champion mm-hmm. since January, and he's just been going balls to the wall on every defense. And I feel like you can see him like breaking down as each defense as we go on. Like, yeah, he just... you can definitely you can see the body slowly falling apart. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's definitely going. selling that as he's walking yeah. out. Uh, yeah, it's it's you can you can definitely see from where he started the year to where he is now. It's like. It's been a big year of work for him. Yeah. Fucking that, one bright year. I, I was familiar with like the finish. When he went for the go flasher, I got scared because he almost did not get that guy all the way around for the revolution. Mm. But, I mean, that's oh, a big man. boy to be given a go flasher He's, to. I remember that, when he exactly. got him up and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is he going to do that? I was, I was very impressed. I didn't think he was actually going to do that because it. so he's just fucking huge. Mm-hmm. He's just one big motherfucker. Love and Sawyer as well. Ooh. Like I think mm. like Ben, you and I were like talking about this this mm. tournament could really be Manabu Sawyer's like coming out party in Noah. Like because he's sort of like been introduced to Congo but hasn't really had like a really big focus mm. yet. And I feel like yeah. I mean, even if he, he doesn't like win the tournament, I feel like through each of these matches, like he's gonna be like getting it's... over in Noah fans' eyes. We're just going to see more of him in action in the singles competition because he's mostly just done a lot of multi-man, tag teams, small little scene, just glimpses of him. Yeah. When you're actually in the scene, work for 15, 20, 25 minutes, it's like, 
this man has some fucking real talent. Yeah, so he's not necessarily yeah. a proven singles guy at this point, but this kind of maybe is like you said, is coming out, Chris. Yeah, like I mean, he he did have a big singles run in Wrestle One, um, mm. the last few years. But I feel like again, even more so than Dragon Gate, Wrestle One and became like a promotion that like had a lot of great shit going on, but like no one was actually watching it. Um, so you had guys like Sawyer, like um, Kaz Hayashi, like. Um, uh, just a, a whole bunch of really talented guys. Uh, Arashi, um, who's just gone on to do great shit in um, in all Japan. That's his name, isn't it, Ben? Is it Shitari Ashino? Ashino, that's it. Shitaro Ashino, not Arashi. Mm. Uh, yeah, like uh, Shuji Kondo as well. Like all these dudes mm. were doing great shit in um, Wrestle One. Uh, but no one was watching. And then Wrestle 1 sadly came to a close, and now we get all these guys sprinkled into different promotions to actually finally people see how good they are, and I feel like Sawyer is like a great example of that. So, yeah, real fun match. Any other thoughts? No, no that's great. No. Mm. Yep. Um, so then... We go on to the final match of the evening, uh, one that I think a lot of people were very excited about, the B-block match of uh, the aforementioned recent addition to Congo, Katsuhiko Nakajima versus the leader of Congo, Keno. Now, these guys' last match was the one we were talking about before where um, Keno won the GHC national title off of Nakajima in a very hard-fought, hard-kicking contest. And this is like once now they're in the same faction. So it has a lot of interesting moving parts going into it, but I was I was so up and pumped for this, mm. especially because Ben told me how good it was going to be. So we have uh, Asian Bieber versus <laughs> Nadamura. Versus what? It's not... Nakamura, because Nakajima reminded me of uh, Nakamura in a way, but yeah. <laughs> not Amura. Whoa. But yeah, that uh, Alicia saw is that dude's hair. She's like, "Whoa, this guy's hair!" I was like, "Yeah, it's so rad." It never moves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's got a helmet of hair on. But in the best way. Yeah, and totally he's also got like Bieber. an eternally pissed off look on his face, which I also love. Yeah, yeah definitely wrestling yeah. bitch face. Uh, like, uh, Hashim- like Shinya Hashimoto had that look in his, yeah. on his face all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like in a lot of ways, I see Keno as kind of like new and improved Kenta. Oh, okay. That makes sense in terms of this, that like badass chip on his shoulder kind of attitude. And also obviously, you know, the hard kicks and stomps and such. But, uh, yeah, this match was just such a fucking treat to watch. Like, I can't say enough good things about this match. Yeah, uh, at the very beginning, like, the way they set the pace by, like, kind of trying to outdo one another with everything, that just, like, okay, it really set the tone. I wanted to make mention of, like, just the way they started the match with this eerie silent (coughs) kind of, like, both guys know Mm. one another really well and they don't want to get into it too fast. So you had just a lot of, like, silent, kind of, like, walking around one another, wondering when it was going to start. And then uh, once it did, whoo, boy. There was one really cool spot. Uh, 
Nakajima, I think, was took uh, the other guy up and set him on the top turnbuckle and then put him in the tree of woe and then kicked him. Like, but the it was so seamless and quick. I've never seen it done that. It was really impressive. You guys remember the spot I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that was fucking rad. Yeah, Nakajima, just like the way he moves, mm. like I don't think there's anyone quite like him in terms of just being like a natural, uh, just the way he like sort of, just a natural at what he does, really. Like, I mean, mm. he's been wrestling at such a high level since like the age of like 15, 16. It's just ridiculous. Um, he's the, the, the protege of um, Kensuke Sasaki. Uh, and you, you see that in a, a lot of what he does. Obviously, a very different wrestler to Kensuke, but still has that really sort of like hard-nosed attitude, which I love. But, um, yeah, I mean, what, what did you think, Ben? Well, I actually really enjoyed it, but the one thing I enjoyed most was the actual the open palm exchange they had. Because mm. the matches are normally just purely kick-based. Ken has a few palm strikes, but Nakajima actually brought him at this time, which is like, Mm, I enjoyed. It was mm-hmm. definitely uh, it was a nice little surprise. Yeah. And it's just one stiff motherfucking contest, which I enjoyed so, so much. Yeah. This is like just the complete... Mm. I think this represents Noah, like in a nutshell, mm. so well, in terms of like their approach to wrestling. No bullshit, just like hard-nosed wrestling. Beat the fucking shit out of one another. There's the opening night of this tournament, right? And they're just, like, going at it this hard. Like, that is what I love about Noah. I really like that uh, spot where the guy had his head in between the turnbuckles and Nakajima kicked underneath the turnbuckle to make it go into his face. Yeah. That is, that is mean as fuck. I love that shit. <laughs> and then uh, there was a bit where I forget who it was, but one of them was essentially knocked out. And the referee, instead of, like, covering the guy up, just kind of pointed at his face and, like, hey, look, he's knocked out. Don't mess with him right now. (laughs) You guys remember that bit? Yeah, and, I mean, that's how a lot of their previous matches have ended, Mm. with just, like, a flash kick and then it's over. So I think that was, like, the referee, like, really sort of, like, carefully assessing this because it was very close to him actually stopping it. But the last couple of things, Keno actually landing the knockout blow to Nakajima. Mm. It's from a, a just a kick from nowhere, bang yeah. on the side of the head and puts him down. Where this the was storytelling. the opposite. It really is. Like I think that's so good, and that's like almost like a, a, a thing that I remember Chris Hero would talk about. The idea that you like build up a strike like that, you know, with Hero obviously like the the forearm, but the idea that you you build it up and you give it so much cachet that when you, you're doing these strikes, people are like not sure which one's going to end it. And it like mm. makes you watch it so much more carefully, which I just think is such good storytelling. Mm. Hey, what did you guys take from the ending after when uh, Nakajima had won, when he went to give his hand to Keno? Yeah, it was like again that sort of like eerie, quiet suspense, like similar to what I was talking about at the start of the match. Like it mm. sort of went back to that that eerie silent kind of drama at the end of it we are like oh what's this gonna be and you saw that um I, I think it was almost like keno being like hey we good kind of thing mm-hmm. like giving him his hand um which i think you know you may not have expected but yeah i mean i thought it was really cool like the idea of like nakajima getting his win back 
after obviously being defeated Keno, by Keno last time. But mm. yeah, I thought like that that shake at the end of it was actually really cool. Yeah, I was I wasn't aware of the back the backstory that they actually you said they recently came in the same stable together called yeah. Congo. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so yeah, I, I, the ending was interesting enough to me, but you add that a little extra layer into it, it's even more interesting. Yeah, I love this match. Mm. Um, I mean, mm. Ben, I know you loved it enough to watch it. What was it? Two yeah. times. Yeah, I wish I had to watch it again. <laughs> Respect. Did you have any different yeah. thoughts watching it the second time to the first? Uh, it's probably just noticing more of the exchanges, probably taking a bit more notice and just seeing how intricate some of the the placing of the the position of where he'd Nakajima would kick from and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just the just the different ways he works stuff. It's just pretty crazy to think how much skill that man has. And what do you think of like the the pacing and the climax of the the finish itself actually for most of the matches i actually really enjoy them they're normally they normally they they go they, they start off they feel each other out a bit and then by the end it's just they're giving everything each kick is just everything bang bang it's just like i just it's really pure perfection for me the way they go yeah yeah, there's so many little things that I think you can notice, like the closer you watch with guys mm. that are this good. But yeah. Definitely at the top of their game. 100%. Um, yeah, I, I think finishing this, this match is like the main event of the first show, set a very high bar for the rest of the tournament. Um, and yeah, I was like, fuck, how's anyone going to be topping this? Mm. No, it, was a, it was definitely a big first night. Did you – you asked me the other day, and I was like, let's save this for the podcast. Did you think – oh, wait, maybe something else. But did you think this was better than their last match? For me, I did, but maybe that's maybe because of who won this match. Right. But for me, this one was – I enjoyed it more because it's just a little bit different than the others that I'd seen recently. Yeah. They just had the more the different kinds of exchanges, not just the kicks. It had the open palms and a, a few other, and maybe the storyline because of what had just happened previously. Yeah, there's a little bit more what's going to happen type thing. And I think when you get like deeper into a series like this, there's like so much mm. more like subtlety that you can look into based on the rest of their encounters. Almost mm. like when you when you go back and watch those like Masawa Kawada kind of matches and how each match kind of like builds on the last. Um, yeah, this, this is definitely one where I'd encourage everyone to, mm. like, just seek out as many Nakajima versus Keno matches as you can. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so good. Uh, any any closing thoughts on this show before we go to the next one? Um, well, it did actually get me excited to continue watching all these. And I'm glad it wasn't a total, a total letdown where I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, we're watching eight of these. <laughs> good to good to wet the wet the um palate, the wet the appetite, the whistle. Yeah, nice. All right, so yeah, really fun opening show, and again, this one's um actually free for everyone to to wet their own respective whistles with. So good stuff. We then 
travel on to Takasaki Gunma uh, for night two on the 20th of September. Um, now, this one also on Wrestle Universe. You have to pay for this one, but it's cheap as shit. It's like fucking $9 a month. So, what's your excuse? You get this, you get DDT, you get Tokyo Joshi Pro. It's totally worth it. And to be honest, I only use it to watch Noah completely outside of those other two things. So if you like that other shit, it's just, you know, icing on the cake, I guess. Um, but yeah, Wrestle Universe, highly recommend it. We go into night two. First match of the show is a singles match with a young boy Kenya Okada against Neo. Uh, what do we think of this one? Um, well, first of all, I want to let you know that this match to me was Black Trunks versus Flashy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Now, Neo is interesting because he's uh, part of a, a tag team, Neo and Hal. They are like the junior tag team of um, Congo, basically. Uh, he used to be um, – his name was written in English letters – High 69. Um, <laughs> it was not pronounced like that, and I just always found it like the weirdest name. He was actually Ishimori's tag partner for a long time. <laughs> High 69. High 69. Yeah. <laughs> cool. But always a very talented dude. Um, but yeah, I nice. thought this was real fun. Uh, just real good opening match to get with like a, a veteran against a dude in Okada who I just think has a, a ton of upside and it's going to be a really interesting dude to watch going forward once, when he gets more experience. I thought this match was good and decent, nothing too crazy. Uh, I I do believe the guy at the end won with a choke, though. The guy kind of tapped out because he was being choked out, so I would tap out too. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I was not expecting Kenya Okada to have any chance of winning realistically with like the sort of young boy system in, in Japan. But I always yeah. love these matches, like regardless of how predictable it is, cause you mm. get to see that kind of like young lion fire. And it always amazes me, like just how good these, these dudes are like, um, who are, you know, still rookies basically yet yeah, they're, they're better than I would say like 99% of dudes on American Indies, to be honest. Mm. I definitely agree with you there. It's just I like always impressive enjoy. to think that like these guys are that good so young when like there's other dudes that have been doing it for 10 mm. years and they're not that good. Mm. I always I always enjoy a good Okada kick. Yeah. Yeah, I love seeing a, a, a fiery young young rookie who's, who's already got the, the kicks are going. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. But yeah, fun little Yeah, match. you got to yeah. kind of remind me of Shibata a little bit in that mm. way. I could see that, yeah. Mm. So then we go on to our first N1 match of the evening, Block B, with Marafuji against Yoshiki Inomura. What do we think of this one? Fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. It's, um, I think Marafuji has changed a lot stylistically over the years. I mean, did that sort of like... Did you notice that, Jeremy? Because, I mean, I don't know when the last time you watched Marafuji would have been. Uh, I, I'm just familiar with him doing all, all sorts of crazy kicks. That's what I remember. Mm. Him for. So yep. He was still doing all that jazz. Okay, okay. 
Uh, I love it. Yeah, and that that one hook kick, uh, hook kick he does where he's behind the guy and wraps around and kicks him in the front of the face is always one of the coolest things. I just like even the because you have you're just kicking blind like you're definitely gonna kick dude in the fucking face. (laughs) That's one move where it either looks like he just kills it and it looks so perfect. Or, or he whiffs. Yeah, or he whiffs and it's like a foot off. But, like, that's that's occasional. Like, most of the time, Marafuji is the fucking tits. I love him. Yeah, and this Mohawk guy, yeah, I can't, I forget his name again, but he, Okay, I probably will forget again. Uh, Inamora. <laughs> he, honestly, even more impressed the second time. Because last time I was just kind of fixated on him adjusting his uh, singlet the whole time. Feels kind of uncomfortable for him. He's like, get those nits covered, buddy. But this time, really impressed. Uh, I swear to God, though, at the one point in the match, that Marafuji legit knocked this motherfucker out. Because <laughs> there was a bit where, like, like dude looked comatose. He looked totally unconscious. Yeah. I think that's that's just part and parcel with, like, being a, a younger dude in Noah earning your stripes. You're going to get knocked out? Pretty much, and that's why, like, Noah, through the years, pretty much all of their young boys have ended up, like, retired within two or three years of um, being there. Like, the actual guys that, that kick on and last, like uh, Taniguchi, for example, it's like, it just really shows you just how fucking, like, tough these these guys really are. Yeah, yeah, it was off that big jumping knee. Yeah, it was it caught him right on the button. Ooh. Yeah, I hope that Inamura has a long future in Noah because I just see him as so talented already, so fun to watch. Just a big guy that wrestles like a fucking big guy, can move as well. Like I love his like throwback, just chest clubs. You know the ones I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! I was actually just admitting uh, that. Like they would do like the uh, chop exchange and uh, chest clubbing. Like that was normally I'm not a big fan of chop exchange because I get kind of cliche at this point. But this one was awesome. Marafuji chops though. I reckon. To, I don't even know. Is it is it Go or is it Marafuji in terms of nastiest chops going in in twenty twenty? But it's definitely one of the two. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Marafuji at the moment. It's just that whipping. It just seems to have that. You know, it's so vicious the way it just cuts the skin. It's got like a different level of like dynamism mm. to it. I want to mm. say. Where it goes, it's more. Wow, because of his power, Marafuji uses the whole body to go with the momentum of the, the swing in, or just it's like a slice. I love both open. of them, and I feel like Kobashi would be impressed with both of them because they really mm. both like just lay in there. Like it's a heavy chop, not like a stingy chop, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they're like coming in, actually hitting the chest flush, not just brushing off it. Yeah, it's like I heard a, a thing from uh, Walter's approach to chops. Like, and obviously, you know, everyone fucking raves about Walter's chops, but his approach was always like, you don't chop the guy's chest and stop at the chest. You approach it like you're chopping, like, straight through the guy. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. You're chopping his spinal column. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and actually, I think Ben mentioned it uh, when we were watching... Uh, damn it, is it Yama? I forget his fucking name. But anyway, uh, <laughs> My his shoulder block, the the one in this match, 
from the top rope was fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, so he, great. He's like a heat-seeking missile the way he comes down. <laughs> and it's just such a big oh, boy doing it too. And, like, the way he lands, he just, like, lands in, like, just a complete, like, <laughs> like a front bump move to where it's <laughs> clearly painful for him to do this. <laughs> but he just but fucking he, does it. He looks so beautiful in the air when his body's just perfectly it's like a graceful, yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's on target. He is yeah. there. Yeah, I reckon that's like my favorite wrestling move going mm. currently full stop mm. in terms of just complete appreciation. And then the finish of this match is fucking mean, and I'm surprised nobody in the States uses this move as their finish. It like wraps his arm around his back yeah. and then comes to the side with a fucking knee yeah. delivered knee. right in the temple. Like, whoa. Yeah, so cool that, and that's uh, more of a recent move for Marafuji yeah. as well, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely noticed he's finishing more with that. The knees than the like. It's been I've enjoyed it because uh, the different variations of it. I love seeing one, like veterans like Marafuji like they'll change it up that much to like stay fresh and they'll introduce new moves. They won't just get like stale and be same old, same old. So yeah, I think it's cool as shit. Definitely reinventing himself. I reckon the last few months is just you can see he's added a bit more. It's just really appreciating what he's putting in. Yeah, I mean, you had a you had a lot of great things to say about his mm. match with uh, Go Shiozaki, his title challenge from a few months back, didn't you? No, definitely. That was a really. It's like reminded me of him a few years ago because he hadn't really seen too much from this year, and then he comes out and gives just a one hell of a performance in that match. So They're another one for our listeners to um, go back and check out Marafuji versus Go Shiyazaki, um, the I Am Noah um, match. Noah. So good. But, yeah, this match was just so fun. Um, mm. And, yeah, I thought Marafuji, as, like, a veteran, like the way he is, really just brought out the absolute best mm. in Inamura. Mm. Okay. Uh, so next match we get an eight-man tag. Uh, this is where we get to see the uh, almost complete Congo unit of How, Nakajima, Keno, and Tadasuke against um, basically the the fiery Noah baby faces of Daisuke Harada, Goshiyazaki, Kaito Kiyomiya, and Yohei. What do we think of this I put, one? I put oh, uh, yeah. a bunch of guys in red plus a Goen crew, and then. <laughs> I then, at this point in time, said, hey, this guy is wearing the same uh, pattern as flashy pants from earlier. So I put two and two together that they either got their gear from the same person who ran out of fabric and only had the same one print, or they had to be in a stable. <laughs> I love this. These these fresh takes are what I'm living for at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to wrap my, my mind around what I'm watching here, dude. So good. Uh, any other like first impressions out of out of this this multi man tag? Uh, they definitely did. I could key, of course, that they're a stable, and then that Nakajima was somehow set apart from them at the same time. That was definitely mm-hmm. evident with their body language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> Uh, we also in this one got to see that ongoing feud between uh, Goshi Izaki and the the Judas Nakajima um, against one another. So we, we sort of got to see them start out 
um, and then Nakajima kind of like bail out to like walk around and then just kind of this simmering feud um, staged through the different parts of the match. I thought it was just really cool the way they did that um, and also just, the uh, the finish that we'll go on to a bit later. Sorry, what did you say, Ben? I was just saying they were just teasing the, the, the confrontation that's got to come. Yeah. The, yeah. Big, the big singles match. I'm calling that, that like, right now. Uh, are we thinking that um, Nakajima is going to win the N1 tournament and then we're finally going to get Nakajima and Go Shiyazaki in the big singles match for the title challenge? That's the way I read it. Nakajima wins the tournament and he gets the title challenge and they're the big show. When, the, when is the next big show, Chris? Would it be the one at the start of Jan? Would they go then with the N1 No, I mean, Victor, I think or... this would normally be the one that they were originally going to have it at Sumo Hall in Ryugoku um, that would have been November. Um, but I think they, they, you know, changed that, um, you know, due to COVID and everything. But I, I think they're still going to be having a, a very big show in um, November that this culminates. The winner of the N1 will will challenge Go Siyazaki there. I mean, or if Go wins it, I don't know. Maybe he just gets to pick yeah. his challenger. Who knows? From what, from what I'm hearing from you guys, though, I just thought of another interesting wrinkle. So what's the leader guy of Congo? Keno. Keno. So what if Keno wins? And then, of course, Nakajima is actually the one who wants to face Go eventually, but Keno gets that match first, gets that belt. They're still in Congo together. He still wants that belt. Oh, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. That would also be a big rematch of the double title, the fantastic oh. double title match that we got a, mm-hmm. a, about a month ago between Keno and Go Shiyazaki that resulted in a just in a incredible 60-minute Because in that way, they still have that Go and Nakajima match later, you know, which is clearly, from the way you guys are talking, a money match. Yeah. Oh, so many interesting Boy. possibilities. Mm. This is this is what I like in a tournament like this. It's not, mm. not completely I love, straightforward. I love fantasy booking wrestling. It's the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, I loved also in this match just getting to watch Daisuke Harada. So just so everyone knows, Daisuke Harada is like, I reckon, pound for pound, like best junior heavyweight in wrestling today, full stop. Uh, nicest looking German suplex I ever have seen and just like a junior heavyweight phenom that like I don't think it's anywhere near the credit that he is due uh, I don't know Jeremy you may have noted him as um, smaller dude with, with shiny short trunks <laughs> black shorts <laughs> I remember when I, I looked at the guy you're talking about yeah he was he was pretty kick ass yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's great. Um, I, when they on the multiple man matches, I'm like, I can always come up with so many nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to wear yourself thin. We've got we've got eight shows to go, so yeah. Eventually, it'll just get be making racial jokes, and it'll be really offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, I mean, what, what else did you guys think of, of this match? I just thought it was really well worked. I feel like Noah mm. does really great multi-man tags. Like, the structure of them is, is really good. Like, they really, like, work up the, the pace through it of, of um, telling a story and, and just building up to that, that ultimate climax with the near mm. falls in these multi-man tags so well. Um, I just think, like, the structure of these matches is so great and, like, all of the moving parts of them always are, are quite interesting too. But, yeah, I, I just thought this was so great and really also just showed how great of a unit Congo is. Like, I don't know mm. if you guys noticed, but I just love their, like, 
uh, multi-man team combo move with the you mean the elbow? elbow? You mean the one where Nakadema watches them do it from the side of the ring? Yeah. Was this the one where we had um, the the other Congo members who weren't even in the match joining in, or was that a different one? Uh, I think it was a different match. I think there were a couple there, but they were only at this watching. They weren't actually. They didn't take part. Right. Right. Either way, I uh, I really thought Congo just as a unit looked so great together here. Mm. No, what are your thoughts on um, Tadasuke in Congo, Ben? Because he's another recent addition. I, I don't mind him going there. He's I hate him less than I did before. <laughs> what do you got against beautiful blonde hair Tadasuke? He he just really seemed to annoy me. I don't <laughs> know what it was. It was just something. It was just one of those guys that like. I've seen enough of you after like 30 seconds. But, <laughs> but he does seem more appealing to watch in Congo. He seems to fit in his crazy personalities over the top the way he does things. It sort of seems to work. Okay. All right. But so Julie got, noted Tadasuke is on Ben's shit list, but slightly less now that he's in Congo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did the guy we're talking about stand out to you in any way, Jeremy? I'm trying to look at who it was. What's your Long blonde hair. Long blonde hair guy? Oh, the guy with the the sweet leather jacket and the macho man yeah. style snark yeah. pants? Yeah. Yeah, the that same. guy was rad. Yeah, I liked him a lot. <laughs> yeah, he has orange Cassidy sunglasses. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like him. He's like almost like too cool for the rest of the group, he seems like. Yeah. He's pretty rad. All right. Yeah, I can tell that. Nice, nice. I also thought... um. Kaito looked really good in this match as well. Who's that really skinny punk rocker guy? Is that who you're talking about? Yo, hey. Yeah, that, that guy, uh, I wasn't terribly impressed, but I he was running around like crazy, man. Yo, hey <laughs> can do some impressive shit, like, just athletically. Mm. Like, I wasn't a fan of him when I originally started watching him, but the more I watch Yo, hey, the more I like Yo, hey. Mm. Maybe I was over um, overwhelmed with all the wrestling. I didn't see anything... Terribly exciting during this match, but maybe yeah. I missed out. I'll see it. I'll see him again. I bet. Well, these the these are the guys long. where, yeah. Uh, as we continue watching, I look forward to hearing your um your your changing thoughts on the various guys as you get to know mm. them a little bit better. Hopefully, I'll learn their names. Mm. <laughs> we'll see how we. Go. It's even it's a struggle for me, and I've been watching for nine months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was originally one of my big things of like not wanting to get into Japanese wrestling, like. Oh, now I just have to, like, who's that guy who, like, his name's hard to pronounce, and I don't know. Fuck. Or you both pronounce it differently, and you end up getting confused. Or you end up talking to somebody, and they use the wrong name, so you use the wrong name when you tweet about meeting Otani on Twitter. Fucking. (laughs) I actually met Onita. Some guy goes, was that Otani? And I go, he's probably right. I'm probably wrong. So I tweeted out that I met Otani when I met Onita, and they were like, what the? F- I couldn't pick two more opposite people to get wrong. <laughs> that was like a funny one. Such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> they are two two quite contrasting characters, to be fair. Mm. Exactly. Like, why did you do that to me, bro? <laughs> you should believe in yourself, Jeremy. Go with your gut. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we, we're back to the N1 tournament. Block A action between Manabu Soya and uh, Masa Kiramiya. 
What did we think of this one? We got Loved Big it. Red versus Blonde Hawk. Blonde Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those playing at home, Blonde Hawk, Masa Kitamiya, uh, big time Masa Saito devotee. Um, Masa Saito is basically part of that like Kensuke training family. He was basically like the, the honorary Holy grandfather crap. of the Kensuke family. Um, and yeah, so, so Masa uh, Kitamiya, uh, hugely, you know, when you watch him from his, his look, his, his tights, his little boots, his, his From the way he style. works out and gets his, develops his muscles, his, he's built just like Saito. Yeah. Just not nearly as thick. Yeah, but he definitely had like that same that legit like um, I, I think Master Saito was like played a really big part in his actual training as well. So mm. it's great to be able to see uh, like a, a legendary dude like Saito's style live on in a, a guy like Master Kitamiya. And he like I think oh, yeah. Kitamiya definitely makes it his own as well. It's not like he's just like a parody act or anything. No, it reminds kind of Dynamite too a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that hard nose kind of wrestling style. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guys, like this match a lot. Like, I right, love right this. out the gate, straight away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two again, two beefy boys slapping yeah. beef. <laughs> that huge uh, avalanche Samoan drop. That was like people do that every once in a while, but this one looked like picture perfect. Oh mm. shit! Yeah. Yeah, so beautiful from Masa. Um, and again, Sawyer, big big boy to be getting him up on your shoulders on the friggin' second rope. Yeah, yeah that was great. Just love like a, a lot of the exchanges, uh, the the strikes. Um, I thought Sawyer particularly looked great here. Like this again, his like ongoing sort of like coming out party. Um, he looked fantastic against Kitamiya. Love his like big spear as well. Um, and yeah, Love these clotheslines. They were just so mm-hmm. vicious. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I just loved like both of these guys. Just like really hard nosed, going at it. Just full. Uh, not not afraid to lay it in. That's my kind of wrestling. Definitely some great exchanges in that one. Yeah, and I, I love um, Sawyer's uh, submission finish here. That, that was we, a surprise. We saw him yeah. tease in the prior match. Um, uh, basically, almost like uh, the old um, early UFC, you'd see people use, you remember like the, the bottle opener submission? We're basically like trying to like pop the dude's head off like a bottle top. That's what this reminded yeah. me of. What's it called though? That's I, this move. I just call it the bottle opener. Let's just go with that. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> if we get an official name, we'll update it as we go forward. Yeah. But I think that works for now. <laughs> the bottle opener. Yeah, bottle opener. Bottle. The bottle. Yeah. I, uh, I was all about this. Um, and I, I feel like that was a big win for Sawyer. Just saying. Um Oh, it'll be interesting to see how these guys go from here because I feel like Massa is going to really kind of need a, a win going forward after mm. he's taken. Um, so has Massa taken two losses now? Was he uh, on the first show? No, I think he's a. He never got a match in that one, though. He didn't have a match yeah, in that one. Yeah, that guy didn't have a match in that one. Long time. No. No, he's, uh, he's got one night three against Kato Kimia. Ooh, that'll be interesting. It is a very interesting match. 
Ooh, we'll stay. Keep our eyes peeled here because Ben mm. has already watched night three, whereas Jeremy and I have not yet, but we will soon. Mm. Um, but yeah, great match. And then uh, we go on to the semi final of the evening, a block A N1 victory action with Masaki Mochizuki against Kazushi Sakuraba. What do you got now, this for this one, one I, Jeremy? I, I, I put good guy, of course, again. And I, this, I feel bad about writing this now because I know how badass Sakuraba is once I realized who it was. I put guy who looks like a jogger, but I assume is badass. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I saw him wearing like all the rash guards, and like, this guy probably is a badass submission expert. He just looks unassuming. And then uh, the name I'm definitely familiar with. So once I realized who it was, I was like, "Oh, no shit!" These do not <laughs> cease to pop me. I, I love these names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, th- thoughts on the match, guys? I really enjoyed it. This was one of my favorite the matches of the entire tournament so far, mm. to be honest. Agreed. Uh, it was just just different to the others with the Zakharova more of that ground game. It's just really good to see him in action. Yeah. It's more of a slowed, dictated pace and just pretty much two guys trying to take each other apart. I love that it's like it, a lot of the Sakuraba matches, there's mm. such a distinct, like the Sakuraba style mm. match mm. and like other guys are wrestling Sakuraba's match. <laughs> but it's like... It's so great at the same time because it's so fresh and it's like such a big contrast to, to the rest of the matches, really. Mm. Um, just with that that great submission, like shoot style approach to it. Um, I mean, and, and again, like I really saw here, like I was saying before, Sakuraba kind of like turning it up from when he was just kind of like dipping his toe in and like, you know, just wrestling a bit, but you could tell that he wasn't going to be taking anything crazy. He took some fucking big bumps here towards the end, and it looks mm. like he, he felt it as well after that match. Yeah, when after I, I was putting on my notes, like, almost stream of consciousness style. So uh, after I put guy who looks like a jogger, but I assume is badass, the next comment is, I was right. This guy's using a ton of submissions on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so, so dope, and I... I really, really liked the finish, honestly. Like, uh, Sakura was basically, the TC was totally unconscious, and then he got up, and he, he gets German, and then he's like, uh, fuck your German, I'm taking your arm yeah. away from you. Yeah, I, I love the Sakuraba lock. Um, basically, the, the Kimura or double wrist lock um, in catch wrestling terminology. Mm. But, um, I mean, Sakuraba has used that... Uh, that submission to, to beat a whole lot of um, Hall of Fame fighters in, in Pride over the years. And um, I just, I, I love it as a, as a submission. Uh, all mm. of his submission stuff, like, obviously he's legit, but it all looks yeah. so legit. Like, it's so believable. And his, like, transitions, like, it's just so beautiful to watch. Like, it's just really impressive. Like, mm. I, I just, it's a treat to watch Sakuraba, like, every time. Even if it's just, like, sort of an opening spot where he's just, like, wrestling for the advantage. Like, it's just really cool to me. Yeah. Right. I'm definitely there with you. And I thought um, Mochizuki really brought out the best in Sakuraba. Like, you mm. could tell Mochizuki looks up to Sakuraba a lot and just wanted to mm. give him the best match possible. And... um 
I think he really did. Like, I, I mm. again, I don't know whether it's just because I've been a long-time Sakuraba fan. I also love Mochizuki, and I was just wanting this to be great. But mm. I just enjoyed this so damn much. I was a big fan. This is where <laughs> I fell asleep. <laughs> oh, this was the match you were telling us about where you're like, oh, this is really good. Um, but yeah, I was no, I woke up in the next one. I, I fell asleep at, right after this was over, and then yeah. I woke up to the next match, which was fucking great, and I had to start over. But, yeah, that's that's where I tapped out. I was like, oh, man, I watched so much wrestling. We were just set to record. I'm like, dudes, um, I am passing out over here. I can't drink coffee and then stay up for six more hours. So <laughs> let's record tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks for being accommodating, guys. No worries. It's all good. Um, so yeah, this was this was great, and then we go into the main event, uh, B block action with Big Daddy Suggs, Takashi Segura versus Shuhei Taniguchi. We got the U two enthusiast versus, and I got not so creative at this point, blue shorts. <laughs> <laughs> A little I'll go off whole blue pants thing it. with Levi Bates. Levi Bates, blue pants, blue, sh- you know, that went for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for those playing at home, these guys do have a bit of an ongoing feud. Uh, when I was in Japan last time, last November, uh, they were really heating up like a, a rivalry where they were just beating the shit out of one another. And every match, Taniguchi would like shoot headbutt Segura, and then Taniguchi would just be like bleeding like hard way after every one of these headbutts, but it wouldn't stop him. And um, then these guys had a really great match in January at a big uh, Corican show in Noah that I just loved. Um, actually, no, that was t- uh, Segura and um, Masakitamiya. My apologies. Um, but no, I really was looking forward to this one based on their previous rivalry, um, and it did not disappoint. I, I was all about this one. Nah, uh, Taniguchi always gives a good match. He just gives it his all, really. Yeah, and 100%. That's what you're saying. It's like every match is like he's in there with the, the forearms, the headbutts, everything. It's like he's given everything he has, and it's like, he may not have the most moves, but he makes what he does count, and it just looks – it's just so enjoyable to watch. It's a great way of putting it, actually. Mm. Yeah, I woke thoughts, up. Jeremy? I thought this was great. I ended up watching it because uh, I woke up and watched the, the last half, and then I watched the full thing again today, and it's just a really fucking great match overall. The one spot uh, that I actually woke up to is when the dude hit – that knee like directly into the dude's forehead as he's running directly at him. It was so gnarly. And then dude kicked out at one off of that. I was like, that was like a shoot knee to the fucking forehead. How are you kicking out at one? (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part of this match was, um, so in the corner, one of Segura's um, signature spots is when he has them like sitting in the corner in that like Austin stomping a mud hole kind of position, but he just like murders them with these like ongoing like forearms into the the neck in in that corner. But Hell then yeah. when he was doing those, Shuhei Taniguchi like arched up. And then he, like, started to, like, stand up while he was enduring these badass forearms and just kept, like, walking into them and just, like, pushed forward and, like, walked him across the ring while taking this shit. And then he got into his, like, fucking 
beautiful, ridiculous headbutts to the chest and neck. And then he started like doing the head, his headbutts to Segura when Segura was in the same position in the other corner. And he's just like driving these headbutts into the corner. He like throws the referee away. I was just like, this is fucking it. Like, I, I think honestly, this has been my favorite match of the entire tournament, which I think is a pretty big call. Ooh, I can respect that, though. I legitimately, when that, the headbutt spot you're talking about, because that, you're right, that was just a great sequence. I legitimately said, fuck yeah. Especially when he, he moved the guy's head slightly to the side so he could headbutt him directly in his throat, like in shoulder region. Yeah. Like, here, move slightly. Boom! Yeah, that was fucking great. <laughs> oh, and like the, the forearm exchange as well. Like, some of those were just nasty. Like, really reminded me of like those Minoru Suzuki style forearms. Mm. Fucking dog. Uh, dude, the one spot I really liked is I've never seen it before. Is the guy picks the guy up like he's going to German suplex him, lifts him up, but then just kind of throws him down on his back and sits out at the same time. It kind of almost looks like he sits out like a bubble bomb. You know what hmm. I mean? Yeah, I know the exact one yeah. you're talking about. That well, I've never seen that before. Shit. It painful. I'm surprised no one uses that. It's fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, besides, you know, the guy I know who uses it currently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's also like I love his choke slam. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was huge. Like he really just gets the most of it in the, the weirdest yeah. way. I don't know if it's like just because of the choke slam or like sort of the way he moves. But Ben, like to me, Taniguchi like reminds me a lot of um, Akira Tawe. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's when I saw that. It's the the first person even to see the clothes that um. The guy from the Four Pillars? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just that uh, choke slam, it's just exactly the way he does it. It's more of a, it doesn't really lift him up. It's more, the way a little lift him more, it drives him down. It's, it's, I, I actually respect that uh, choke slam more. Just the way it really emphasizes, instead of the guy doing all the work, it's pretty much just slamming him into the ground. Yeah. And uh, It just looks like he's trying yeah. to make it hurt as much mm. as possible. Mm. But you feel no, that what was that? I, I, I said he's literally almost like he's trying to put him through the mat. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that it's mostly just like stiff grappling and, you know, a lot of smashing. And it ends with a fucking Frankensteiner. Oh, yeah. so good. That was like a Scott Steiner-esque Frankensteiner from the early 90s, hey? Yeah. I've never seen – does Sugar actually do that one much? Because I actually hadn't really – he, he saves it, like, so he doesn't do it every mm. match, but, like, sometimes he'll just break it out, just did the best mm. moments like that. Yeah, it just came from nowhere, it's like, it did, sort of just changed the control, he didn't seem to have to control it, he just pulls it out, and just goes, one, two, three, it's like... And I love I like how much it. of, like, a flash yeah. pin it was, and mm. the way that, like, mm. it was real borderline that it was three, and then Taniguchi was, like, straight away to the referee, oh, but it yeah. was, like, perfect... Because yeah, Taniguchi had complete control with the vicious forearms and the headbutt exchange he had just previously, and then it just comes from nowhere and just goes true flash finish. Yeah, yeah, a little 100%. bit of controversy. It was a it was a nice little way to end. And but even like I want to bring attention to like how great I thought the start of the match was, where they were both just going for that gut wrench suplex, and they just like <laughs> both dudes were trying for it so Take hard. And, like, that's a real thing that I love about Noah, like, just getting the most out of little things like that. So then when Taniguchi finally got this gut-wrench suplex, like, it meant something. 
thought that was that, so that, cool. That true test of strength, they do this sort of easy way into a match, going back and forth, trying to get that one move, and then Taniguchi Tana gets it. Just like that, that uh, battle of I wills. Do, yeah, I do. It's, it's, a nice, it's just a nice way to ease into the match. You'd like feel, feel each other out. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's like, no, I'm stronger than you, no. I'm stronger than you. It's like, it just goes back and forth. It's like, I do. Just, just a nice way to, to ease you into the, the match, I feel. Yep. 100%. Yeah, I, I love this match so much. And when it finished, mm. I was like, I think I enjoyed this even more than Keno and Nakajima. And I was just saying in the last show, like, after I watched it, like, what's going to top this? And then the mm. fucking main event of the next show tops it. I mean, I don't know if they'll top it for everyone, but at least for me, like, in terms Ooh, of what I, I want out of wrestling, that did it for me. I wouldn't count them out. There's a, a few good matches in night three. Especially, especially that main event. Looks really good with Marafuji versus Suliera. Oh, shit. Man, uh, Jeremy, can I ask you of your opinion? Which main event did you like better? Hmm. Uh, I'm probably gonna go with this one because even though I fell asleep right as it began, it was nothing about the match. It was it was really awesome, and honestly, I really loved everything leading up to the fact that it was a Frankensteiner finish because he was totally unexpected. I legitimately was surprised. Yeah. I no, love it when too. matches can surprise me like that. Mm. And the other one was good, too. Remind me, what was the... I, I know I looked. What was the other man? Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Badass oh, Bieber. Versus... Keno against, um, against Nakajima. Nakajima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, you're right. Those are fucking both. I think I still got to go with this this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two completely different matches as right. well, which I think is cool. Like, mm-hmm. like one night in a row after the other, and yet two such completely contrasting match styles. And yeah, going into night three with Marafuji against Segura again, uh, the the killing machine just goes on to be, I think, deliver a match of the night after match of the night. Mm-hmm. We'll see how we go. But another one on the next night that we're going to be watching, we have Go Shiyazaki against Sakuraba mm. to look forward to, which I feel will be a really interesting, contrasting oh, styles cool. kind of match. Mm. Um, we also have I'm actually Ma- super more excited for the upcoming shows just because I have kind of got a, a taste for what, what these guys really have to offer. Yeah, you wet your whistle. Uh, my whistle is weak. Uh, we also have uh, Masa Kitamiya against Kaito Kiyomiya to look forward to. So two very similar names. So hopefully we don't get too confused with that one. Uh, I always that should do. Be great. And then uh, the final uh, one, the opening uh, N1 match of the night, we have uh, Taniguchi from this match against Keno, which I'm just quietly real fucker pumped for. Tamagotchi. all right well uh i think that's uh gonna just about do us for this show uh i'm i'm happy to be back it's fun talking wrestling with both of you guys definitely i think we made promises on the last show we'll be back uh quicker than we took our longest hiatus probably yet uh so apologies for me being a liar we are liars
Let's just put that out there. I will never promise the show will be back by any time at any point again. We will not You'll promise any sort of reliability whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> it's a special uh, sometimes food, guys. You can't eat cookies every meal. No. Oh, but it is good that way you do. I, somebody asked me, oh, I kind of got into a stupid internet fight with somebody today, and then they responded with, hey, wait a minute. You're the guy who designed this T-shirt I wear, and I go, "Oh yeah," and they like, "Cool," and they follow me, even though we had just been fighting. They go, "I'm going to check out your podcast." And I go, "Sweet." I go, "One is called the Steel Cage, where we talk about AEW and WWE on a regular basis, and the other one is a more rambling podcast that is not on as nearly as frequently. So, take your pick." <laughs> I'll take that as a as a perfect summary of what this podcast is. <laughs> oh, I did say we would do cover independent wrestling and, and Japanese wrestling. Basically, so I... like independent wrestling and misc, I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> misc ladies. But hey, if if we're gonna do what we've what our goal is here, this will be like our most consistent run of podcasts because we're gonna help complete our coverage of this tournament. Uh, we'll be back shortly to cover nights. Um, three and four uh maybe five depending on when we get this done um but yeah hopefully it won't be too soon and we'll make our way through this entire tournament this is a marathon not a sprint guys we'll do it i believe in it 100 i have five i mean we've we've just said how terrible liars we are and how you can't trust us for shit but you can trust us on this one, guys. Yeah. Some, we're honest about how we're not honest, so you can believe us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's shut let's this. Plug ski. Shut this dude down. Um, I uh, want to direct everyone to follow me on their Instagram uh, for wrestling and misc art. Uh, that's at Chris Things. Um, also on uh, the the Twitter at um, Chris Things, I believe. Uh, not as I just retweet shit on Twitter, honestly. Just like cool Meng's mullet gifs. Like that's pretty much it. But <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, other than that, uh, I want to, of course, uh, plug the the good guys at Social Suplex. If it wasn't for those, uh, this this podcast uh, wouldn't exist. Uh, check out the Social Suplex Wrestling Podcast Network. Great shows such as One Nation Radio, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, the All Elite Show, and Keeping It Strong Style. This is a list that I put together approximately a year a year and a half ago. So I don't know I was whether about that's. To say, how do you know, it's still on the network? <laughs> We found at one point Chris could plug in a show for three months or longer that didn't exist. <laughs> All of that goodness at uh, socialsuplex.com. Yes, Get on and you can catch me. Uh, I am at James Vanderbeek on both the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, you can also go buy a bunch of my ridiculous, goofy, mashup wrestling shirts and memes on my T Public page, uh, just search Pentagonzo and T Public. Great. Ben, what's your, what are your social details? I don't even know what mine are. <laughs> follow Ben if he ever gets, by next show, Ben will know his Twitter handle so you can follow him. Oh. My Twitter is. No. no. Well, no. I'm... Here it is. It's ben Kelly, 323. 
Ooh, there we go. What kind Great of stuff fun. have people got to look forward to if they uh, follow you on Twitter, Ben? <laughs> Absolutely nothing, Chris, because <laughs> I only use it for news. <laughs> <laughs> we mostly use it just to keep up with Noah through. I want here's a good plug, Siggy. Let's put over yeah. Hisame. Yeah. Uh, that's H I five A M E. Uh, she basically does like the most English language Noah journalism that I have ever seen. Uh, she's just a godsend for people that love pro wrestling. Noah, um, Ben and I constantly are complaining that she spoils shows for us, but you know, that, that happens when you're, when you're following someone. And, and we normally are so far behind. It's like, well, we probably deserve to get spoiled when we're a month behind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To be fair. But yeah, I definitely wanted to put over Hisame because, um, and, and also she's, she's great for sh- telling you where the shit is to watch as well. So yeah, that's, give it that's, a where I, that's how I planned up where the shows were. She posted something on Instagram that so said where the shows were. So where do I have to go for the next show? Uh, Abima. Send me that link and I'll, I'll watch it tomorrow. We will. Get on it before you have to pay a beam of money, which I don't even think you actually can, not being in Japan. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. But thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to this uh, podcast about pro wrestling. Noah will be back in the, the near future to continue to watch this tournament, and I hope you guys can, can watch along with us. Or this will be the weirdest standalone tournament coverage ever. This covers two shows that will never be heard of again. <laughs> to be fair, that's probably more more our, our line. Of... <laughs> Get swifty, ladies and germs. <laughs> Thanks. Well, everybody knows that the bird is aware.